You there? Ray and Tay today. Yes, sports radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Talking sports, uh, yes we do. Talking sports, uh. It's for you, Ray and Tay, and we spit it every day, and we're talking sports. Give us a call, okay? Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it's Monday in November. Wow. Give us a call. We're with you late night, 10 p.m. Ray and Tay rocking late on the East Coast and late on the West Coast. 718-664-9098. Like always, shoot us your emails. Ray and Tay today at gmail.com. A lot of people questioned on the email, Ray, Terry Collins with his decision, but most people were in favor of it. Check out Twitter, Facebook, RayandTayToday.com. We're very interactive. Also, Instagram. You know, we've got some pictures up there for you. Ray, we're going to get into the football. We'll talk what's happening now Monday night. About to go to the half, 10-6 Panthers. But we start with a 30-year drought is over. The Kansas City Royals in five games. You said six. I said seven. But then when we were going into it, over the weekend, Friday show, Ray said it would happen. Five games, the Kansas City Royals take care of the New York Mets. What, for you, was the overall storyline and reason why they got it done? So you want to say the better team won, because I think all around they are the better team, Kansas City. But the storyline was – from the Mets' perspective, missed opportunity, and from KC's perspective, just never, never being out of it, playing with heart, playing with grit, and just the comeback kids. I mean, these guys trailed three times in the eighth inning or later out of five games and won all three of those games. Think That's about that. In the World Series, and Familia was pitching really well. It's not as if that the Mets had a hole in the bullpen. I mean, Familia was was shutting them down. In well, the he pitched well up until that point. He wasn't. Well, he that's what I'm saying. He was pitching well in the playoffs. It's not like you hit yeah. a struggling pitcher. And the Kansas City Royals never gave up. And remember, they were a a runner on third away in the ninth inning in the seventh game last year. So so they almost are the defending champs, right? So if anybody knew what it took to win, it was the Royals. And they just did whatever it took. I mean, that was like high school baseball or little league baseball, right? Eric Hosmer seeing that Lucas Duda probably doesn't have a great arm, David Wright doesn't have a great arm anymore, and just taking advantage of it. I mean, that's, that's yeah, but it's hard. Wait, wait, wait. Part. It's hard to say a great arm, Ray. He first of all, he read it perfectly in terms of getting his an jump accurate from throw. He's out by five steps. That's what I'm saying. So to me, that's not a great arm. He just no, blew just the throw. accurate, accuracy, yeah. accuracy. I mean, I'm just saying, look, the just, Mets, just be accurate. Be fair though. The Mets' mistakes, ninety-eight percent of the time, they don't make them. I mean, we can kind of say the Mets kind of choked. What do they have? Six or eight errors in this series? The Mets kind of choked and. I said this to you, you know, during the game, in all three situations, you could say you got to go to the pen. And because of the fact that you have this great reliever, yeah, when he came in, he didn't do great. But in all the opportunities, you might have gone to him too late. And to me, fine, you go with your guy in Harvey, but the minute he gets a base runner on, you got to yank him. I'm sorry. That that's where I uh, I'm more critical of well, Collins. Uh, you not know for, what though? I'm sticking but with I, Harvey. But I take Collins. I buy Collins's argument, which is if you've got a two-run lead 
and the guy is on such a short leash that he can't even give up a walk, then don't even then don't even send him out there. Then just bring in familiar because you know the guy the guy gives up a walk. It's not like he gave up a home run and you left him in there. He gave up a walk. It wasn't yeah, but bad. You, you think of it like that. You have to think of it. It's still a tired arm. You're bringing in a fresh arm with new heat. They haven't yeah, seen him. Yeah, but he's a guy. He's a guy that blew two saves already. And Harvey was lights out. And Harvey looked you in the face and said, "I want this." And granted, you're you're the manager. You got to make the decision. But I'm not mad at Collins for leaving Harvey in. I'm not. I'll tell you this. One props to Salvador Perez for being the MVP. It could have easily been Wade Davis as well. Perez had uh, eight hits to lead everybody. You know, it could have been the guy that I said it was going to be, uh, Eric uh, Hosmer, who in every game was involved in in basically clutch runs, driving in runs, scoring runs. Both two games he redeemed himself with having errors, and then later on in the game was basically part of the reason why the Royals won. So you love that. Going forward, let's look at these two rosters Maybe no Murphy next year. Looks like they're going to, you know, try to do 15 million qualifying offer for him. Alex Gordon on the Royals might not be back. Cueto, Cespedes, Cespedes might not probably back. doesn't come back. Who's the one guy though? Do you feel that these teams need to try to keep, or maybe try to get to, and you know, ensure that they could be back here next year? So the Mets are probably going to let Cespedes go because they like this kid Conforto. But you know what? The Mets are going to struggle offensively next year because David Wright is no longer the David Wright that we all came to know and love. Came to know and love, exactly, especially in New York. He's not York. healthy. And that's uh, fair. Conforto is a contact hitter. He did have those two home runs, but he's not UNS Cespedes. And Granderson Still got two more years, and they're going to put Lagares in center. So the Mets are going to struggle just like they did in the middle of the season, scoring runs. And I think that this pitching staff is going to be a lot of stress on this pitching staff. You don't get Wheeler till midway through the season. So I, I think the Mets have to do something. If it's not keeping them, then they need to bring an offensive second baseman in they need to get more punch in that lineup. And Travis Darno is a terrible defensive catcher. Um, yeah. You know, a la Posada. Yeah, a la Posada. But at least Posada was a switch hitter who who did you know major damage at the plate. Bad, so yeah. I don't know. And the Washington Nationals have that great lineup. <laughs> so the Mets, you know, even though they have that great pitching staff, they still have some major questions. And Kansas City, to me. Two straight years in the World Series, people want to keep. People are going to want to go get paid. So, I, you know, I don't know who. But most of the guys to... are still intact. So I think really it's just Alex Gordon that's probably going to leave. All the other guys are under contract. Uh, maybe one of the relievers. But this is the thing: the way that they're built. Remember these guys. Cueto. They need to make a big decision on Johnny Cueto. Well, that's that's the one guy that I, I don't think I think Cueto is going to get so paid. Um, I don't think they can probably afford him. But to me, you can go out there and get, you know, another good starter. Your bullpen is what is so superior. And, you know, Ventura and Volquez, you, you have to rely on the guys that you have. Look, they have a recipe for success and winning and clutch players and the best bullpen in baseball. So, to me, the Royals will be back in it again. I hope the Mets don't get cheap, right, because – with this dominant pitching, two things. One, you have to sign a bat. If you don't do Murphy or Cespedes, whatever, you have to go get another bat. This offense is not good enough. To me, I'd keep Cespedes, although he disappeared in the playoffs, you know, at least the World Series. Probably but you also have a question of where do you play Cespedes? It's not the American League. If you like this kid Conforto, Cespedes is not a center fielder. Cespedes really has to play a corner outfield position. you got Granderson and Conforto, so you don't really have a place for him anymore especially if you bring Lagares back for the defense in, in center field. Yeah. And to me with that bat, I mean, honestly, you got to make a place for a bat. You can't, those guys, if you're worried about an outfield, those guys are not winning you anything. So you have to put a bat in the outfield, but I'll say this, and they also need to get rid of the DH, but that's a whole nother conversation. But to basically close out baseball in the world series, 
you have a uh, surplus of pitching. So when Wheeler gets back and then you've got Matt, Nice, DeGrom, you know, you got Thor, Batman, I mean, you know, the Dark Knight, all these guys, um, Syndergaard, Harvey, you're, you're trading one or two of them for some bats. And I, I think that's the smart move, to be honest with you. And maybe you need to get another uh, relief pitcher because that bullpen is not good. Let's be honest. So you got to get rid of your riches. You know, you, you've got about, what, six good starters, so you can move one or two. Bring back a bat and a middle reliever. Yeah, they need to, and they need to shore up the middle, up the middle. Definitely. Listen, great season. We we, we tip our hats, and uh, you can't be happier for uh, a city, a fan base. You know, they've been through some hard times. You see cats like Saber Hagen and George Brett and, you know, all the old guys that were around, and, you know, you're happy for them. And, look, they they built it the right way. Good character team, too. Good character guys. So I'm definitely uh, happy for the Royals. And Mets fans, you hold your head up high. You didn't think you were going to be at this point this year. You're, you and the Cubs are ahead of schedule. So you're only, you know, you still, you're in the running for the next bunch of seasons. You just got to, you know, continue to build the team. So, Ray, we got to talk football. Before we get into the, the, the tragic part of it, why don't you update us? I don't know if we're at the half. It was 10-6. What's going on on Monday night? 10-6. Yeah, 10-6 at the half in the pouring rain in Carolina. Carolina scored early and looked like they were going to do damage, but yeah. Indy held held tight, a couple of turnovers, and now it's 10-6. So we got ourselves it's a game. A, it's a turnover fest, and – you know, really who can not make the mistakes is probably going to be the ones to pull this out. I tell you, I love this Panthers defense. Uh, they're they're ferocious. And some of the time, I tell you, you know, Cam, he underthrew one. Luck, I don't know what he was doing at his interception. It's, uh, it's some bad football. I mean, we, you know, we could try to break things down however you want, but sometimes it's just rain or not. Sometimes it's poor decisions and, and bad football. Ray, we have got to talk about Sunday, and the league was just devastated with injuries. Let's run down the list. Uh, the latest one that just came across, Reggie Bush is out for the season. They're re-signing uh, the Jared Haney kid from Australia to the practice squad. You know, Carlos Hyde is already hurt, so Reggie Bush going for the Niners. My Steelers, Le'Veon Bell with the MCL out for the season. Your boy, Steve Smith Sr. with the Achilles, and I know that's close to Ray's heart for the Ravens. (laughs) Out for the season. Do you think he'll retire, though? Probably so. He was already mentally leaving. What do you think? He was mentally leaving, but you know what? He's so fierce. I don't know that he wants to leave like that. He just passed Chris Carter, and I think he's, what, number 10 all time. So that's pretty cool. First season yards. Yeah, yeah, I think he he just came short. I think he was a game or two away. He would have set the NFL record for most 1,000-yard seasons with 10. I think he would have tied Jerry Rice. Um, so maybe maybe he wants to come back for one. That's a 50-50 for me. I, I'm leaning towards him coming back, believe it or not. Really? Okay, now this one hurts you fantasy-wise. Keenan Allen is banged up, might be out a couple of weeks. We really say our prayers for Ricardo Lockett, had neck surgery, damaged the ligament. You That Cowboy-Seahawk uh, game, it was scary. I mean, it looked like God, God only knows what could happen to that kid. It looks like he'll be okay, but he's done for the season, definitely, and possibly career. We'll find out as things go on. Wish Lockett all the best. The Chargers themselves had 12 guys leave the game. Uh, the biggest one, besides Allen, is Corey Legit. They're going to be on Monday Night Football against the Bears next week. It's going to be a match unit. Matt Forte got hurt. He's probably going to miss one or two weeks just with an MCL strain. He's got to get a contract. Ray, I mean, is it just bad luck? Or, I mean, what could be causing all this? Because I don't know no, if I've think- ever seen a Sunday like this. I think this week was just bad luck, especially we're we're, we're halfway through the season. 
Yeah, we're halfway through the season, though, so, you know, people are in shape. I, I don't think it's a – early in the season, when you talk about those soft tissue injuries like hamstrings and calves and groins and all that stuff, fine. But, you know, Le'Veon Bell was just tackled in a bad way, right? Uh. And Lockett was just hit in a vicious way. And Steve Smith's Achilles was just, you know, when you're over 30, ask Dominique Wilkins and Vinny Testaverde and Dan Marino and, and ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? You're, you're, you're Kenny, Kenny Skywalker, Patrick uh. Ewing. So it just happens. So I think these injuries are just – this week was just, you know, bad twist of the knee, you know, being in your 30s, you're more susceptible to that Achilles. So this was just unfortunate. This was just really unfortunate stuff this week. Yeah, no, it, it, it's brutal. And it's it, to me, it's just brutal to see. I know for folks playing fantasy football, they're like, oh, my gosh, my teams. Let's get to on the field with Sunday Night Football. And I think, you know, obviously we have to say, you know, they – added a toy for Peyton Manning. The deadline's tomorrow in the NFL, the trade deadline at 4 p.m. They got Vernon Davis, basically. Vernon and a a seventh-round pick for two sixth-round picks. The Niners and Broncos made that deal. We talked about it off-air. It really helps. Look, it'll take him two weeks to learn the system probably, but he can just go out and go wide and, you know, be the the third receiver to go with Sanders and and Demarius Thomas, which could be incredible. Vernon Davis has got to be so ecstatic going from Kaepernick to Manning. Last night, Ray, how good was that Broncos defense shutting down and beating, what was it, 29-10 over the Packers? Not only that, but taking the best player in the NFL and turning him inept, not only turning him inept, but not even doing it with turnovers. You know, it's one thing Andrew Luck and, and some of these other guys, are, are Brett Favre was notorious for this, where, you know, he'd throw up three, 400, but he'd have two, three turnovers and lose the game. They basically didn't even turn him over, but they just shut him down. 77 yards, the lowest of his professional career. This Incredible. guy is the best player in the game, and to just dominate him like that, that's unbelievable. So this Denver team, I tell you what, all Peyton Manning has to do starting is to come together, right? And you know what? To come to talk to Elway and talk to Elway about how Elway kind of changed his game, checked his ego when Terrell Davis was back there. Now, granted, Manning doesn't have a Terrell Davis, but between Ronnie Hillman and Anderson and, of course, those receivers and those tight ends, Manning just has to do enough he doesn't have to carry anything. That defense is carrying that team. That's Ronnie scary. Hillman at home. <laughs> Ronnie Hillman can't run on the road, but Ronnie Hillman at home is, is, is All right, tough. well, if they keep winning, they'll play all their <laughs> games at home, maybe until they, you know, meet New England. We'll see who can uh, who can stay undefeated. Well, you love that Manning's got a shot if he gets, uh, I think, a little bit over three or around 300 yards at Indianapolis next week that he uh, will break a, a, a Farms record. So, you know, that's going to be classic to see in Indianapolis. Uh, Manning sure, surely would be gunning for that. And L.A. Smart, getting Davis is just saying, look, guys, we're all in. And when you see Chris Harris and, and Tlaib, the, the corners, the defense, the linebackers are everywhere, the, the line, defensive line is great. This is a, a real team. And I think it might be a little wake-up call for McCarthy and, and the Packers. And guess what? They better get ready because at 5-2, and two, the Minnesota Vikings, Ray, and we got to give them some love on our show, they are ready, willing, and able. And each week, whether you like him or not, Teddy Bridgewater is improving. Adrian Peterson is getting his feedback. Stephon Diggs and these guys. You know, look, you win in Chicago. Chicago is not an impressive win, but on the road in your division, it's always good and solid and impressive. 23-20. Right now, the Vikings are in the playoffs. How tough is this Viking team with a great coaching staff? And they seem to, they seem to just win, baby. <laughs> well, I will say TBD, right? Because, like you said, they beat Chicago and they beat Detroit twice. So those three wins against, you know, three terrible opponents. I mean, two opponents, but three games. So let's not go crazy. But 
Bridgewater looks like he belongs in the NFL, unlike some other players that came before okay. him, or, you know, first-round picks. Um, Adrian like Peterson, Matt 20. <laughs> He's at, yeah, Matt Castle, Christian Ponder. There's a whole bunch of these, you know, guys. Adrian Peterson has been off and on. Uh, I don't know if it's the, you know, one-year hiatus that he took or if it's just defense is keying on him. But in some ways it's forced these Minnesota Vikings receivers to mature. And so you like Johnson and Diggs. And uh, I'm disappointed in Kyle Rudolph. I expected much more of him from fantasy and in real football terms. But you know what? I think that the maturity of the wide receivers can only be good and this team might just contend for a wild card. I mean, you got to think the Packers, even though they have a loss and they're only one game up, I mean, the Packers are going to win that division, right? So it comes down to, you know, can the Vikings go 9-7, and 10-6 and six and get themselves a playoff, get themselves a wild card, you know, and, and, and get to the playoffs in the NFC? It's quite possible. NFC is, is well. They got to compete with the Seahawks and the Falcons, the Rams. You got the Cardinals. It's going to be a battle, but I the think Saints that might be back. At yeah, the Saints. They might be in it to the end. Let's talk about those yeah. afternoon games. So, not much to talk about with Seattle, Dallas. Horrible game. Props to Seattle for just winning ugly on the road, revenging their loss to Dallas last year. And I don't know if you want to say anything about your Cowboys, Greg Hardy with the great play, but. I'd go back to Brandon Wheaton. That's all that I would say about them. But it was it was embarrassing. And Matt and Castle is, is is worse than Wheaton, and he's atrocious. He he has no clue what he's doing. I mean, to, you're right. The only thing I can say <laughs> to his defense, he he hadn't he hasn't even had a training camp though. So it's kind of hard to bring somebody. Right. So don't start him. Shame no, no, I, for Garrett. <laughs> I I agree. Maybe they thought. Maybe they saw something. I don't even know if they saw it in practice. Maybe they saw it in tape five years ago when he replaced Tom Brady. But, I mean, there's a reason why this guy wasn't even a starter at USC. So <laughs> the guy's not a legitimate, you know, NBA, NBA, NFL quarterback. And like I told you, I said that the Cowboys are not going to win a game without so Romo right. and Bryant. I mean, they just don't have enough oomph on offense. The running well, game they might have if they kept there. Marco Murray. The running yeah. the running backs are not doing it. McFadden's trying, but I knew Randall was a bum. I never believed in him. Anybody that's going to sh- shoplift underwear and Dracar Noir <laughs> is a freaking clown. So to me, you know, I'm not surprised at anything with that guy. So it, it, it's sad because you know what? They, I think that they have actually a pretty darn good defense this year. I got to say the Cowboys defense, they, they really held their own. But now it's time to give props to the Raiders. That was the best game of the afternoon. And it, let me tell you, the NFL is better when the Oakland, maybe soon to be L.A. Raiders, are well and thriving. And, boy, do they have a young defense and a young offense and a couple of veterans splash in between. But Carr, Murray, and Cooper, that's a nice big three right there, 34-20. We didn't talk about the Jets injuries. Both quarterbacks are hurt. There are rumors that they might pick up Ryan Mallett. What were your thoughts with the Jets? And obviously, you know, Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, he might not be able to play with that finger and then Gino with the shoulder and stuff. And then how impressed are you by the Oakland Raiders, a potential wild card team, right? You know what? This is the first time in a long time since the Raiders have been bad. They had that one stretch in 01, uh, 02, actually, where they lost to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Oh, right. but, oh, yeah, but they lost that AFC championship to the Patriots. Well, yeah, no, they were good then, and then they yeah. were, but I'm saying right after that, so that was 01, and then 02, they got Gruden, uh, or, or Gruden, sorry, they traded Gruden. Gruden went the other yeah. way from them to the Bucks, and then they lost. Gruden so they really haven't been good since then. Yeah. Um, and I will say that finally some of these draft picks are panning out, right? So David Carr. And like you said, uh, Amari Derek, Cooper Derek. looks like he – Derek Carr. We give him props to his brother. brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Carr and then Khalil Mack. And some of these, you know, and obviously some free agent moves, like bringing over Charles – bringing back Charles Woodson. So, How great is he? Did you see the interception? Yeah, I mean, what does he have, five for the year? He's amazing. 
amazing at ah. his age, you know, doing it. So, Hall of Famer. you know what? Give <laughs> props to Oakland. They're getting it done. They're 4 and 3 and the Jets are 4 and 3. Uh, the Jets don't have some issues, you know. I, I I don't like either of these quarterbacks in the long run, and definitely when they're hurt, I don't like them. So the Jets, if the Jets can't run with Chris, don't call me Christopher Ivory. Um, the Jets have have issues, right? Because then you put two quarterbacks. One of them is turnover prone. One of them just looks terrible. Um, and makes a bunch of mistakes as well. So, you know, to me it's so important that the Jets' D is solid and the running game is there so you don't need the quarterback to win you the game. And the Jets the Jets are in a little bit of trouble. i I, I got to tell you, the AFC, nobody's running away with those AFC wild cards, but especially with, with, with your Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, facing some adversity now. But I, I'm, I'm worried as a Jets fan. Well, perfect, perfect segue, because the Steelers play the Raiders next week, I believe. But 16-10, I'm so proud of my Steeler defense, and I'm just heartbroken by the injuries. Ben was not 100%, three interceptions. I can sort of live with that, you know, in in a way. But with Le'Veon Bell getting hurt, it was just one of those things, not winning the game and then, you know, look, they, 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 they picked off Dalton, but that last couple of plays in the drive, it, it, it just was heartbreaking. A.J. Green, who had a great game, 11 catches, Brown, uh, you know, played well. But the Steelers had that game, and they just gave it up. They drove down, and the last play, Ben threw it out of bounds, didn't give Brown even a chance. And so, you know, they're going to have to – the division really races over, and they're going to be in the battle with – uh, I doubt if Houston's in there, really with the Jets, potentially the Dolphins and the Raiders for the two wild card spots. The divisions are pretty much locked in the AFC. It's the Patriots, the Broncos, and Bengals all still undefeated. And the Panthers are playing tonight to see if they can remain the fourth team. And then they play the Packers uh, next week. So, you know, it's all fascinating. The one other uh, early game that I really want to talk to ask you about, and let me tell you, this gentleman, Ray, He's so special that he is saying, I want to challenge Ray's statement of Aaron Rodgers being the best player in the league because the last four weeks I have run for over 125 yards. The record is six weeks, and I'm going to be going for that. 27-6, and Todd Gurley is by himself changing the Rams' fortunes and could potentially take them to the playoffs with that great defense. How impressed are you with sort of – this weird team that you cannot really figure out, but all you know is that they have Austin and they have Gurley and a great defense or a great defensive line. Gurley man. He's amazing. Amazing. This is the best thing to happen to Tavon Austin, right? You know, and and our longtime friend and close to the show, Hank, keeps saying, and I agree with him 100%, and it's the Danny Woodhead syndrome you cannot dominate the NFL if you're 5'7". I'm just sorry. It's a big boy league. You know, you need to have some more stature. But you can make plays. And look, and for all you young kids out there, look at a cat named Eric Metcalf. And Ooh. we can give you a whole bunch of guys that were small in stature, but in spurts. David Meggett. Look at that Meggett go. <laughs> Dave Meggett. Even Tony Dorsett wasn't able to get the ball 25 times a game. They had to... They had to monitor his carries but Tavon Austin is the huge beneficiary of this St. Louis running attack and opening up lanes and so Tavon Austin you know number seven pick out of out of uh, West Virginia is finally coming into his own as a legitimate NFL playmaker and you get the ball in space and watch out but you know what it all revolves around this kid from Georgia who coming off the ACL was picked ninth, I think, in the first tenth, round. Tenth. Tenth, tenth and he should have been one. <laughs> and looking at, at, you know, all these other picks, he should have been one, although you probably still go with Mariota. Maybe three. You probably still would have gone That's with right. Mariota. And yeah, Dave, and, yo, big win from Jameis. Yeah, 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 for sure. He, he played better. Yeah, the Atlanta team, you know, I told you they're not that good. No, but, you, you're right. 
but this kid Gurley, man, I, you know, he is awesome. I mean, he really is the real deal. He he's like a young Adrian Peterson, a little different game, but he's just he's got star and and he's a star right now. I mean, he should be a pro bowler. He's he's the man. And and I just hope he stays healthy, but this kid is is really special. I mean, you sometimes you see a guy and sometimes it takes two But you know years right away. You knew right away. Yeah, you saw this guy, and you're like, wow, this kid is awesome. I mean, he's awesome at Georgia, and it just translated. And that's the thing about running back is that that's that one position where running back, wide receiver, where you can step in and be dominant as a rookie, as a second-year player. Yeah. So two more games. Uh, We're going to pick, obviously, this team and the Thursday night game in a minute. But the Cardinals went to Cleveland, and they started off slow, woke up, kind of handled them, no problem. I think the one thing we have to say about the Cardinals, when they are completely on their game, their team, I think, that has the potential in the NFC really ready to go to the Super Bowl because they create turnovers and they attack you offensively. Fitzgerald, Brown, and, and you know, if Gresham gets going, Chris Johnson, Carson Palmer, and, and Michael Floyd is starting to be healthy. This team is very dynamic, and with Tyron Matthew and Peterson and, and Dockett, they, these guys, wow, the Cardinals, 34-20. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really impressed with them. You know, they, they really – and it's Bruce Arians to me, the way he, he plays a, aggressive football, and it's fun to watch. You know, it's really fun to watch for the Cardinals. So I thought that was a, a good win. You know, sometimes you can go on the road, the East Coast, and – slip up and, and, and trip your lip, and they, they, they kept it together, you know? They did, but, they did, I, I, but think I think ultimately, ultimately he's not – Carson Palmer is not is not your boy Kurt Warner. So I, I think he can only go so far with him. Have you seen the stats though, Ray? I have, I have. He's thrown up some crazy stats. I've, I've gone up against him a few times in fantasy, so I know. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. You know what? The NFC, especially with Seattle being weak, uh, although watch out for these Seahawks, though. They're coming, they're storming right back. But oh, yeah. got to tweak a few things on offense, but th- they're back. I think I think they're going to be, you know, contending for the players. I like, you know, so if you're an Arizona fan, you like it. You want a little more stability at the running game, you know, in the running game. But that defense and Carson Palmer and, you know, you got the veterans, Larry Fitzgerald. So you're happy if you're a Cardinals fan right now. So saving maybe the best for last in the Big 12. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. In the NFC, <laughs> 52 to 49, 1,030 yards of total offense, 101 touchdown passes. I mean, yeah, the third uh, highest ever. But, Ray, I mean, when you throw six touchdowns, no interceptions, and lose, what do you say to the defense in the locker room if you're Eli Manning? Like, guys, really? Like, you couldn't give me a little something? And Breeze, let's be honest, he almost had eight touchdowns. They didn't get one uh, in the first quarter that uh, somebody dropped. But 52 points, and Drew Breeze for fantasy, I think in some leagues he scored 70 points, some leagues high 60s. That was absurd. Absurd, Ray. Uh, very impressive win, and you you might be right. The Saints, they're saying, look, um, why not us? Let's see if we can throw our hat back in the ring in this wild card race. So that was a, a weird – you know, you almost don't want to see that type of game in the NFL. It's like a Big 12 game, but I guess for some fans, fantasy, it's a lot of fun. Odell Beckham, three touchdowns coming back home, him and Eli coming back home. You know, Willie, Willie Sneed, my fantasy guy. Benjamin, how about Benjamin Watson? Who needs Jimmy Graham when you got Benjamin Watson, Ray? Benjamin Another 10-catch game? Wow. And Brandon Cook showed up. I know you were happy about that. Thank goodness, yeah. But it looks like I'm going to lose this week because Graham Gano is not kicking in enough, you know, not putting up enough field goals oh, for me. Well, don't talk to me about it. T.Y. Hilton's doing nothing for me, so I, you know, I'm basically losing in fantasy as well. And all I needed was a, a halfway good game from T.Y. Hilton that probably would be able to pull it out. But, you know, these things happen. So let's let's talk about Thursday. And uh, once again, right, always props to Drew Brees. You know, they, they try to rip him and Manning the age and the shoulders and this and that. And really you got to worry about guys that are young like Andrew Luck and his shoulder because the old guys keep coming back. Brees and Manning keep doing it. And, 
you got to love the old guys. That's all I'm saying, Ray. You know? <laughs> well, especially a quarterback, you feel like with the rules these days, you can almost play till you're 45. I mean, well, that's think what about Brady it. Wants to do, right? Yeah, Brady why not? Brady Rogers. Now, Manning's got issues with his neck and, and his arm. Yeah. You know, his, his rifle isn't, you know, it's like a P, it's like a BB gun right now. But um, these these other guys, why not? Why not? You see Brady going for four or five more years. Yeah. And real quick, before we do Bengals-Browns Thursday, props to Kansas. we got to mention London because the NFL features that game. But 45-10, props to uh, Kansas City for even trying to salvage their season. The Lions, uh, yeah, maybe they should make a trade or two before the deadline. Maybe save Megatron, like, you know, people need to have T-shirts, save Megatron, let him play for a team that can win and go to a Super Bowl, you know. You, you almost feel bad for the guy at this point, Ray. Yeah, he's he's a guy who's never really gotten a chance to compete even, never even really sniffed a Super Bowl, you know, made the playoffs I think once, and, and this guy in his illustrious career, he needs a chance. So, yeah. so free – Free Calvin, free Calvin. Let's start it. Let's start up the chant. Definitely. So, look, I think it's at Cincinnati Thursday night. Browns, they have no shot. To me, it's really not much to say. I'd say the Bengals probably win, like, I'll say 30 to 13. I don't care if it's McCown or Manziel. Neither one of them will be able to do much. And right now, let's be honest, the Bengals are probably the healthiest and most uh, complete team in the NFL offense, defense, special teams. They're doing it everywhere. And uh, I, I just got to give them props. Marvin Lewis, Ray's favorite coach, he's doing big things. That's why you got to stick with him sometimes and be patient, right? Yeah, no, I, I told you, you know, I, I was pushing for him to potentially go, but he's got his team running on all cylinders. Andy Dalton, you know, I just hope they can win in the playoffs because I don't want Andy Dalton – and Marvin Lewis to go down as regular season guys. You know, they win a lot of games, especially the last five years in a regular season, but haven't done much in the playoffs. I think we talked about this before. Marvin Lewis has zero, count them, zero playoff wins. So he really needs to win something this year. But in terms of Thursday, I agree. I, I think Cleveland will keep it close just because those divisional games tend to be close. But right. you know what? Cincinnati's too big, too strong, too much talent on offense. And you've got your boy. The best thing going for Cleveland right now is this kid, Gary Barnage. And what he's a great. fantasy pickup. And he seems like a legit yeah. NFL tight end. You know, the one thing on offense these these Cleveland Browns do is they have these sneaky good tight ends. But other than that, uh, you just want you just want – something to go right for Cleveland, you know, for their, for their football team. But, yeah, I think Cincinnati wins this game. Uh, but I do think it will be close. So I'll say something like 24-20. So real quick in college football, not much has changed. You have Ohio State 1, Baylor 2, Clemson 3, LSU 4. The rest is still much the same. TCU, Michigan State, Bama, Notre Dame 8, Stanford 9, and Iowa 10. I think – Tuesday, tomorrow at seven, they're going to have the you know the, the college football playoff, the first uh, poll. We'll see how they you know view these teams and see where they rank them. We'll discuss it more Friday. Over the weekend, it was basically look Deshaun and Deshaun. You spell it differently, however you want to. Kaiser and Watson. I I, I had the feeling with both of them that I could see them playing on Sundays in the NFL. I was happy, you know. Listen, they played their butts off, and I told you they were going to give Notre Dame some trouble, and they did. But at the end of the day, you know, I liked Kaiser when he was interviewed afterwards. This kid's got potential. Now, I don't know if uh, Malik Zaire comes back and Kaiser just has to sit or, does, or maybe needs to transfer. But if Kaiser gets to really play, I could, he's, he's got something. I really I like the kid. And this Notre Dame team, it's all going to come down to Notre Dame-Stanford, and I think we know that for that sort of game that won't stop Stanford from being in the Pac-12 championship. But tell me, your thoughts on JT Barrett with the whole off-the-field stuff. Is the one-game suspension, you know, they were off this week. He's suspended next week from Minnesota. Cardell will start. Cardell bailed him out of jail, by the way. But, but what are your thoughts? Is that enough for you? 
or you know how does how does that all work? Yeah, I don't know what the precedent is because I don't know how often this happens. Football players tend to get in trouble more than any other. He's a minor too. That's a thing. Quad. Yeah, exactly. There's so many issues here. He's a minor. He's in the vehicle. Was he driving the vehicle? Well, there's people driving. Yeah, yeah. The he went around the checkpoint, the DUI checkpoint. Oh. And, uh, cops caught him. Yeah. Yeah. So kind you know, mess. maybe one game is too light. You know that this is not yeah. this is not a joke. You know this is not like getting up on campus and acting the fool. This is this is serious stuff. This is life. You know, you could take somebody's life here. So. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, one game, maybe you give them two or three games. I don't know. But from a football standpoint, what does this mean for Ohio State? I mean, they were ready to rally behind JT Barrett, and everybody said, oh, well, Cardell Jones is, is now relegated to the bench, and, and JT gives him. I mean, Cardell has life again, Ray. He's got a shot more to juice. potentially get uh, his NFL career back in order. I was know? about to say, this is his chance. <laughs> this is his chance for all those draft pundits for Todd McShay <laughs> and uh, and all those guys, you know, Mel Kiper Jr., to see him in action and see if he can lead this talented team because this team, like Alabama, you know, is one of those teams that just has the talent. Now it's just a matter of execution. And Cardell Jones, this is his shot. Once again, he gets to be thrust in the public spotlight. And may- maybe now he'll appreciate it. I mean, the, the kid was, what, 11 yeah. for 11 as a starter? And yet still wasn't playing great football, but just the he talent better play good him. against Minnesota, who almost beat Michigan. Minnesota's no slouch. They haven't had an impressive season. Uh, played, you know, pretty solid week one in a battle versus TCU that they lost, and all season they've been up and down. But they have talent and good coaching, and, you know, they, you better be careful, I'll tell you that. So not much else in college football. We'll talk about it Friday, but we've got to talk about the, the travesty and, and Duke and – Miami game. And to me, I don't care what the ACC says because it was the last play of the game. You can still change that outcome. And that's what everybody's been talking about all day. And I think it'd be the right thing to do. These kids, it's life or death for them on the field and these coaches. And yes, do can still go to the ACC uh, title game. They have to play, um, you know, for the Coastal Division, they still have it in their hands. I think they play Carolina and they play somebody else. So they still have the opportunity. So it doesn't affect them in that sense. But, Ray, it's just, it's ugly. Everybody saw what happened. There were so many missed things. His knee was down. Two pushes in the back. The kid comes off the sidelines onto the field. I mean, come on. (laughs) Really? Uh, yeah, it's it's terrible. Yeah. And the, but here's the worst part. Like you said, it was the last play of the game, which means that they took nine minutes to review, <laughs> and they couldn't get it right. Do you feel like somebody was paid? I mean, it's so bad. It was so blatant, and the whole crew got suspended. But to me, that's like so blatant. You almost feel like was was there some money somewhere? I mean, because oh Ray, lord, it was, don't go there. It was it was it was it was, it was a joke. I'll tell you this, these teams to me are impressive. Like the to the top twenty five guys, you got, you know, Memphis at sixteen. They they're uh, you know, fifth well, I guess they're tied for sixteen, climb it up. You, you know, you've got Toledo, Houston. I, I like these smaller programs that are, you know, and Temple didn't drop out because they played so tough. They only dropped to twenty three. So kudos to them. It's uh it's refreshing to see. You know, it's not just all the Pac-12 and SEC. Now, look, you got Mississippi State and Texas A&M at 24 and 25, and some would say, yeah, I don't know if they should be in there, you know, both two losses or whatever. But it's nice to see some of these teams like a Toledo and a Houston and Memphis playing great football and being in the top 25. So we'll see where they get ranked in the college football playoff on Tuesday, and we'll talk about it Friday. And we got some good college football games coming up this weekend, Ray. Is this uh this is Bama LSU, right? Coming up? Yeah, November the seventh. Oh. This is yeah, we got some good stuff. We'll definitely have a lot to talk about on Friday's show. So real quick before we get to the NBA and close out the show, Midnight Madness after Halloween and the trick or treating, Midnight Madness comes and it's when you can officially start to practice. The season for college basketball starts November thirteenth. The AP came out today. We'll just tell you, North Carolina, number one in the country. Some great players and recruits. Kentucky, two. Yo, 
Terps, my Maryland Terps with Mello Trimble back and some great recruits at three. I'm excited. ACC basketball is back. Kansas four. You know Bill Self already always has guys and Duke with some great talent and the defending champs and your boy Grayson Allen coming back with a ring under his belt uh, leading the Dukies. That should be kind of interesting. You got Virginia six, Iowa State. Your boy, the mayor, goes to the NBA, but guess what? He left a lot of talent behind. Iowa State at seven. Oklahoma, we got to see who they got at eight. Gonzaga, nine. And Wichita State at 10. Ray, college hoops, are you are you ready? You're not really ready. You know what? I'm really not ready. I mean, I, I, I'm ready emotionally, but I don't know all these rosters up and down. Oh, I need to I need to get get right. I need to, you know, yeah. get, get my, we got get my research on. Plenty, we got plenty of time, plenty of time. There's going to be a lot of good talent this year. At 21 LSU, you got to watch out for potentially the freshman of the year, Ben Simmons, um, you know, could be the you know, star rookie freshman and number one pick. That's how high people see him. So it'll be fun to, to look for that. Now, Ray, it's all about the NBA right now. Oh, did OKC hold on to B. Houston? They were going back and forth. They were up uh, one, and now uh, let's see. Let's see. We gotta, you know, we gotta check our NBA scoreboard. Hold on, let's see what we got. Because Houston's about to go zero and four <laughs> if they lose that this would game. Be crazy, right? Yeah, they they've started out. We know San Antonio beat our Knicks. Well, I do know that. I was gonna get into that. I mean, they you made know. up for they made up for that. Uh, remember that? Oh. Houston won, one ten, one hundred five. Big win. Houston gets gets off the snide there because at home they they needed that, right? They really needed that. Zero and three, and not just zero and three, but all three losses were by twenty points or more. I mean, that's like I don't even know how you do that. <laughs> you know, it's you funny. Know, I was worried ahead. about this in the back of my mind. Was that? It's hard to play from ahead, you know, to be to be the ch- the chased. You know, it's easier to chase than it is to be chased. So Houston, right, to be the do they really the know hunter. exactly? Do they really know how to play like a championship team? Do they really know how to play like the defending Western Conference, you know, uh, champion or runner-up? I should say to the Golden right. State Warriors. So the expectations were huge in Houston, and maybe it got to them a little bit. Well, I can't say that you're wrong about that because, look, you know, they still need help, right? Uh, Ty Lawson was sort of out game one. Uh, Monte Yunus is still sort of banged up. They're figuring out, oh, by the way, um, Walkie finally won tonight, and Jabari Parker will return on Wednesday. The poor Brooklyn Nets lost again. <clears throat> I'll say this. The Knicks lost by 10, and, you know, they're 0-2 at home, and they seem to play better on the road, but they're looking much better. And – the illest dunk I've seen in a while. Porzingis climbed the Marcus Aldridge, uh, his back. Melo had missed the shot, and he threw it down with one hand over Aldridge. And I was like, Porzingis really could be special, Ray. I got to say, I like this show. Throw it kid. down, young fella. He had a double-double. Um, but, you know, the, the studs of the season are really – uh, okay, see, that's their first loss. But them, the Clippers, and the Warriors all starting out 3-0, and looking really good. Now you got the Grizzlies and, and Memphis, uh, Grizzlies and Warriors going at it tonight, 10-9 for Memphis. And the Clippers with their new uniforms, which I love, and logo, they're up on Phoenix early. Um, but let me ask you this. How good is the Splash Brothers and Stephen Curry? Have they gotten better? Because it looks like to me Curry's better. Dropped 53 the other night. He's he's out of his mind. So that's the beauty of being young, is that <laughs> you can still get better. You know, you can still be hungry, and you can still get better. Now, Clay Thompson's actually not averaging. I think he's averaging a little less than fourteen points a game. So right, maybe, right. but when your partner scores fifty three, there's not a lot of points. You know, for you to be scoring. <laughs> he's playing good but, defense. <laughs> he is, and that's the one thing about Clay Thompson's underrated is his defense. But Steph Curry, you know, this guy, kudos to him, right? He could easily take the year off. I mean, not literally, but he wins the MVP. He wins the three-point shooting contest. He wins a title. 
You know, he could easily he could easily sit back and take a breath and just say, you know what, I had a pretty good year last year. I'm I'm accomplished, and you know I'm not as hungry this year. But he looks like he came back. He worked on his skills. He had a short summer, obviously, because he went to late June with uh, winning a championship. But he looks like he worked on his game, and kudos to him. You just hope that body holds up, right? Because in the long run, he's still a small guy. Uh, but, you know, I, I didn't think the Golden State Warriors, I said they might not get out of the first or second round in the playoffs. And you know what? They're, they want to prove me wrong. They want to go back to the NBA Finals. They really do. And I think the one thing you got to realize, this West is so deep that you're going to have a bunch of guys competing for the top four seeds and the MVP the one of the best games I've seen, and I was texting you like crazy last Friday after our show, Orlando OKC. That game went back and forth. Oladipo and Aaron Gordon and Russell Westbrook, they were down by like 17, 19 points, came back OKC and won the game, and I think double overtime. But it was so exciting. And you know how I feel about Vubacek and his young uh, Magic roster. They, with Skiles, they're really going to be good this year. Much better, you know, highly improved team. But that was a huge win for OKC. And Russell Westbrook, right now, he seems like him and Curry are just on a crash course for the best point guard and the MVP of the league. And I I didn't want to admit this, but I have to say this to you because you told me this two years ago that you felt that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were better than Carmelo. And I said, no, not yet. Well, maybe now it's happened. Now, I still love Melo, but Kawhi's all-around game and the fact that he knows he needs to be a leader with the Spurs, Kawhi Leonard with LaMarcus, they're going to be the, you know, I, I call Duran and Westbrook, Batman and Superman, no, but Batman and Robin. Well, that's Kawhi Leonard and, and LaMarcus, whether they're Aquaman and, and The Flash, I don't know. But <laughs> they are going to be so tough, Ray, so, so tough. Tell me, because I know you've been paying attention in the East, how is Detroit basketball, how good is Drummond and Stanley Johnson and the boys? So the good thing is they're playing in the East, right? <laughs> and in doing so, they're 3-0. and they're tied with Toronto, also three and zero, and then you got the Hawks and the Bulls and the Cavs at three and one. So they're atop the conference. Um, you know, Pope is playing really well. This kid, Stanley Johnson, who I thought would be really good, is actually uh, he's doing fine. He's not, you know, he's not killing it yet. Uh, Jennings is is rehabbing from his Achilles, but he he'll be, you know, he's coming back. But this kid, Stanley Johnson, I mean, uh, this kid, Andre Drummond, is just, what is he, averaging almost 16, like 15 and a half rebounds a game and, and improving his offensive game. And he is that big man, you know, that big man's big man, right? The guy that goes in there and, and, and he's, he's athletic. He's like a, uh, you know, I, I don't even know who he's like. I mean, Shaquille, I mean, obviously this is none of the game of Shaquille O'Neal, right? But but he's one of these guys that can imprint the game, put yeah. an imprint on Dominant. the game, on the offensive glass, on the defensive glass, running his presence in the middle. So he's really one of these guys that's old-school throwback guys. DeAndre Jordan doesn't have his offensive game. He's probably going to turn out to be a, not a great offensive player, but, but certainly a decent offensive player. I'm talking about Drummond. And even on the glass, I feel like he's just all boards. He's, he's almost like the, the, the And he's the got cross. the right coach too, right? Because Van Gundy did this with Dwight Howard, surrounded him with guys and got to the finals. And then he gets Marcus Morris, uh, you know, misfit from Phoenix, who's like playing amazing. And he's got Reggie Jackson. And these guys are rolling all surrounded by Drummond. Maybe getting rid of Monroe was the right move for Van Gundy, huh? Yeah, maybe maybe he needed him to to spread his wings. I mean, he's the poor man's Dennis Rodman meets Shaquille O'Neal. Like he's just all boards and he's a force inside. Now, granted, he's not going to be as good as either of those two players, but Dennis Rodman on the boards, just that tenacity that he's always there around the boards, and Shaquille's 
physical presence. He's like the guy that you need to know where he is at all times. You got to box him out. You got to check him. You got to always account for Andre Drummond. So oh, he's a monster on the offensive yeah, glass. Yeah, what what a great what a great you know big man to build around in Detroit. No, I, I think they they've got you know a nice little future there. But you know, you said it. The Raptors—they're playing great basketball, and I told you this is a team. That, you know, I picked them third in the East. You got to watch out for them, because I thought that, and you're seeing it. Damari Carroll—I think the playoffs gave him a lot of confidence. He realized that he's a pretty decent two-way player, a very underrated small forward in the NBA, and the fact that he's bringing that defense to them, where DeRozan and Lowry probably didn't how to do it, but now they're learning to say, okay, you can't just play on the offensive end. And then you have Corey Joseph who won the Spurs, you know, and if your boy Jonas Valanciunas keeps going and Patrick Peterson, these guys, and getting Louis Scola from the Pacers was a big pickup. I like this Raptors team a lot, Ray. They're, uh, they're doing it for me. They're really, you know, good coaching, good front office. They're, they're impressive, really, really impressive. What's your feel on Cleveland? Are they just – is it going to be – they won against tonight, so they're 4-1. You know, big deal. But I guess for them, it's fighting against perfection and the expectation and, and health. Do you think that they're going to have any issues, or is it sort of just we'll finish whether it's one through five in the East and we'll just – we're going to be the best team no matter what anyway. I think, yeah, I think just like last year, I mean, they'll finish first or second. I predict them finish first. I think they'll, I don't want to say coast, but as long as they're healthy, there's no reason they shouldn't be in the NBA finals against a team that they will be at least equal to, if not better than, only because the West team might have bruises you know, from uh, from three brutal series. But, yeah, I'm not worried about the Cleveland Cavs at all. The only thing I'd be worried about is, is, is health, right? So make sure you got your smoothies and, and you drink your kale and, you know, you, you get your rest, you, you get your vitamin Ds, you get your vitamin Cs, your B complexes, you stretch it out, you know, do what you need to do, but stay healthy because, you know, really this team is built for April and you'd hate to see something in November, December, January, you know, cause them to not be healthy in April. But, yeah, class yeah. Cavs are the class of the East. Well, you know, what's really bad is that the Lakers are horrible. They're 0-3. Kobe looks like he's 50. And I can't get excited for Randall and Russell because their shot selection has been poor. They nobody plays defense on that team. They're hard to watch. I mean, you see the Timberwolves are two and zero, but then you you know go to look at the Lakers and it's it's bad. I think Byron might be the wrong guy. You know, I think maybe it's time to totally go to the future and figure out how. You know, I don't care if Kobe wants to come back next year. I'd be like, no, we're done. You can't. You know, if he has to go play in another jersey, that's fine. They've got to move completely forward, and right now, I'd be surprised if they win 20 games. I mean, they might go 15, you know, win 15 games. It's it's ugly. Well, you know what? Add another draft pick to that team, and then, unlike Philadelphia, you got to feel like they'll pick up a free agent and don't let Kevin Durant go over there. But why or... would he go? Doesn't don't for him to go doesn't. Durant need to see that Randall and Russell are special, or else why go? Yeah, I, I'm. I, that's a bad example because I don't think he'll go. But what about if Russell Westbrook went over there, LA kid? You know, he's not he's not eligible to go yet. But yeah, I'm just saying, the dude. Lakers are a team that always pulls a rabbit out of a hat, and typically a You're big right. man. But they always get that marquee free agent. That's what I'm saying. Unlike Philadelphia, not recently though, everybody's been dissing him lately. Got to be honest with that. I don't well, I they got Dwight he Howard. He didn't turn out team. to be anything. I said they got Dwight Howard. He didn't turn out to do oh, anything in L.A. Well, but they couldn't keep him. He wanted to get out of there so fast. They That's couldn't true. keep him. I don't think Jim Bush knows what he's doing, and I think the, the daughter, Jeannie, Phil's wife or fiancé or whatever, she needs to probably run the team. Uh, it's it's bad. It, it's It's bad. So, look – 
another great show. And give me an update. What's going on Monday Night Football? I know we're at the end towards the end of the third. Yeah, so Where Greg Olson here? Greg Olson just scored before oh, at the end. Okay. Oh, you Kill. playing against him? So it's seventeen yeah. six Carolina and it looks like Indianapolis has got a third and nine, so they're struggling. This yeah. this, <laughs> this Colts team is struggling. now this is a hard place to play, Carolina in the rain. But this Colts team is struggling. That AFC South Cam is Newton just gets it done terrible. again, though. Cam Newton, yeah. if he holds on to win this, they're undefeated, and then go Still face the Packers. you got to give the Panthers props. They're a hard team to beat. Stewart is running the ball like, like nobody's business. Um, and that defense is all over the field. So great show, Ray. Friday, we come back strong. Check us out uh, 9 Eastern. We will predict all of the NFL week nine, week 10 in college football. Look at the college football playoff rankings, and we will get you going around the association. And look, maybe look at some fantasy basketball for you guys, too, because uh, I know you FanDuel and DraftKings folks out there, you're doing your fantasy basketball and football, right? And say, we, we do the fantasy football with that, but we haven't tried fantasy basketball yet, Ray. I don't know. I, that's uh, we I might have to get on that. that. Yeah, I, I don't know if I want to do more for the season, but I could do one game, you know? Yeah, yeah, pick a, yeah definitely. Pick a Friday night or a Saturday you night. Pick a Friday night when everybody's it. playing and you just go for it. So, anyway, great show. Should be a lot of fun. And um, Oh, and watch this uh, documentary on HBO on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's going to be fascinating. Uh, our favorite, probably, you know, we feel the, probably the all-around best center of all time. That should be fun. Check that out. And uh, thanks for listening. Keep riding. Have a great fourth week.